Well, hello there, and welcome back to Half Damage, a Curse of Strahd actual play D&D podcast presented by Crit Chat. Previously. Hello, Doru. Something terrible must have gone on in your life, for no one just ignores my scones. I don't know what's wrong with me. I crave blood. How'd you get like this? The, the, the wizard in the black robes. He took us to our death. The vampire. He made me this. She's going to pull out a hand axe, cut her hand open, and let some blood drip down into the cup. I am never using that teacup ever again. Sorry. Well, it's, it's staying down here. <laughs> we are down to seven teacups. We will help you at some point in the adventure when we can. <laughs> Consider the scones! And she throws two more scones down onto the floor. <laughs> you guys head back to uh, Ismark's place. You can see three figures. One being Ismark, a woman standing over the fire, and an angry red face man yelling at the top of his lungs. Fang does her like rage scream as she dives through the window. What the fuck do you think you're doing in my house? Show some respect, man. We just got your husband a funeral. It's not your fucking job. This fucking donkey got you muppets to throw him in the goddamn ground like yesterday's risotto. Ismark, we have, um, met Doru. You have to be mistaken. Doru died. He's a vampire now. He's a danger to us all if he's there. I think Doru is still in there. What is your dear sister's name? My sister Arena. You head back to the Blood of the Vine Tavern. You hear the familiar ring of the bell. You see the the bartender gets distracted as like two letters appear. In case any of you are interested, we have an opening for the love interest of Strahd. We've got one currently, but we are maybe looking for a replacement. Are you talking about Ismark's sister? What are your letters? Looks like I've got fan mail starting soon you guys will be receiving some this is the part that i've written in in case anyone wants to write fan letters to the wonderful <laughs> cast of half damage okay, guys we need people to write in come on <laughs> what will our heroes get up to next stay tuned to find out <laughs> The sun rises in Barovia, the light only serving to make the grey skies a little bit lighter. In the Blood of the Vine Tavern are four heroes awake. It takes them each a while to remember where they are and how they got here. Sorry, Camilla and Poncho waking for the first time in Barovia and Fang, well, Fang wakes in a bed for the first time in over a year. They steal themselves for the day to come. Eyes pressed tight, wishing for home, and maybe that will come true one day, but now... Now it's time for a funeral. Leaving the tavern, they're greeted by three figures, all wearing loose-fitting clothes of a time-dulled white. They see Ismark, Irina, and Sariam still and sorrowful, waiting for them in silence, each with a golden necklace with a somber symbol hanging from its chain. Would I recognize the symbol? Um, uh, give me a religion. Uh, that's 21. Yeah, you recognize it as hell. Um, you know that it's the, the symbol for, uh, Pelor, the god of sun and of daylight and essentially everything that Barovia is not. <laughs> Guys, this might be who he was praying to yesterday. Maybe he's hoping that this, this deity will save his son. Son. Sorry, you got me thinking that way now. <laughs> All right, let's go to a funeral. Sorry, Miles, what do you say? Save his son. All puns aside, let's go to a funeral. <laughs> you go up to the, the church and 
uh, the the three of them take you around the side. Um, and you can see Donovich standing above, well, a gravestone and an empty plot of land. There's a couple of shovels and he stands kind of still muttering to himself. And then when he sees you, he looks up and goes, we haven't had the ability to um, excavate the uh, grave yet if you could lend a hand with this. Sarium shoves uh, Ismark forward and nods at it and Ismark dutifully takes one of the, the shovels and starts to starts to have a dig in the ground. Is there another shovel? There, There's a couple of shovels. There's as many shovels as yeah. people that are going to use the shovels because I don't care. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Fang will help. Yeah, Camilla's jumping in. It, it doesn't take long with you guys helping. You're not wanting it to be perfect measurements. It just needs to be big enough to fit the coffin inside and for you to be able to pack dirt on top of it. Donovich prays as you lower the coffin in and spread the soil over the top, and when you're done, he stops and looks up. Um, now we will take a moment to remember the life that the life that he lived and you hear the bell ring and he kind of like rolls his shoulders back and like stands up a bit straighter and clears his throat um and after a moment he kind of like leans into goes oh um they're doing a montage shouldn't like wait last more than i don't know maybe five minutes at most just don't don't worry (laughs) and sure enough five minutes later you hear the bell ring again and he goes back to where he was standing before, before looking up and goes, thank you all for observing this, this day. After it's done, Sarim like immediately turns and walks off. Uh, after another moment, Donovich starts heading back to the church before Ismark takes a tight grip on his arm as he like is trying to brush past him and starts muttering to him under his breath before letting him go. <laughs> after kind of like being a bit shell-shocked for a moment, Donovich pulled himself together and then disappears into the church. As this happens, Ismark closes his eyes and takes a deep breath before speaking to you guys. So, I suppose if you are amiable, um, would you be interested in helping my my sister go somewhere far from here? We can't stay here any longer and I believe now she'll leave now that our father is buried and she gives like a kind of somber nod um, and is fidgeting around an awful lot. I think um, Camilla raises her hand mm-hmm. <laughs> and just tries to cut in during this and goes, um, I'm led to believe that Strahd can hear us if he wants to and maybe knows where we are all the time. He knows where my sister is, no matter what, but... So where are we going to take your sister? He spends most of his time in his castle, but if he's going to know where she is, then she may as well be somewhere that is not constantly under his gaze, and maybe we'll give her a bit of a head start if he comes for her again. It sounds like he's being a real creeper. Oh, can I do an insight check on uh, Irina? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to incite from her? Um, it might be nothing, but all sorry I think and think about is like the recasting situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe there's something that she's keeping from everybody or that she's been told to withhold from us. Okay. So that's 17 plus two plus one. 
So that's a twenty. Um. Yes. So it's it's difficult to to know much about like you know backstory and motive and everything, seeing as she's never spoken. Yeah. Um. With that, I guess like if you're looking for things that are are unspoken, you do see on her neck, uh, two puncture marks. That is kind of what I was looking for. Okay. Uh, Sari walks over to Irina and uh, she puts her hands in her pockets. Irina, how lovely you look this morning. I, I don't know if I've properly introduced myself before. I am sorry. Whoops-a-daisy, what'd you say? And it's a great pleasure to meet you. And might I say how fine your neck looks as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's Camilla's got the the highest uh, passive perception. Camilla, yeah, you can see Ismark stealing himself. Oh no! <laughs> and then Irina opens her mouth. Oh, hello there! How nice to meet you. My name's Irina, and I'm pleased to make your main to make acquaintance. Let me tell you about. Why is that? Is Mark kind of goes? Let me, sister, please. No, no. I think I. I think she's got a lot to say. Uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> I wish I had a webcam so you could all see my face when Ismay did that voice. <laughs> Was it one of pure delight? Sure. One can only imagine. <laughs> Oh my god. This wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, it's what I've been dreading. <laughs> Ismark, remembering that half of well, half of his thing and the full thing of our thing is an audio medium, decides to ignore Poncho entirely. <laughs> oh my god. Strahd has visited her many times, and as we have come to know he must drink of her blood and she must drink of his several times before the transformation is complete. She is not yet there. She still has hope and I feel like if she was somewhere else away from here, then maybe she has more of a chance. She, She's not gone yet. Okay, this is new information. I'm, I'm using my detective brain. Sometimes I choose to be a detective. I'm a bard, you see. She's really into noir. <laughs> yeah. You see, I would have liked to have known that bit. And follow-up question to my own question that I was going to question. <laughs> if you were to roundabout guess how, you know, how much she's been drinking her drunk. Um, how, how, how far along do you think she is? He he looks to her and she kind of like looks down in a way. Well, from what we've been able to tell, she um, it seems to be taking a while. He's had ample opportunity, but the first time happened many many months ago. The second, just last last week. So she has maybe a couple of months before. The final transaction may come upon her. Final? You know that it's the final one? It takes three bites? Three exchanges, yes. Three bites and you're out. <laughs> <laughs> that really bites, huh? God. He's very amused. He's thinking this is hilarious with his near dead sister, you know? It's very funny. We're very tactful. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, uh, they they must exchange blood three times, and then it is complete. Now, could I ask a follow-up question to my follow-up that I followed up on before? <laughs> is that okay with you? Go for it, slugger. I don't know. <laughs> the name's sorry. Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, slugger's one of my names. <laughs> And we've gained some new insight into Pancho's life. <laughs> <laughs> now the follow-up to my follow-up, and I don't know much about vampires. I usually partake in the, the scony business. But my question here is that if I don't want to eat a scone, I don't eat the other scone if I don't want to eat the other scone. He takes a breath to to reply, and Arena goes, I was asleep in my bedroom. And he came to me and said, drink of my blood. And I said, no, thank you, Strahd. I don't want to do that. And then he put a great spell upon my mind. And next thing I knew, I had bites in my neck and blood around my mouth. Mouth? My mouth. Hey, so uh, yeah, I, I, I like this person. She knows what she wants. She, 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 you know, she... <laughs> So, Sorry, is, is Mark, where, where are we, where are we going, bud? <laughs> let's get this, uh, let's get this show on the road. He, he, um, <laughs> clears his throat and, like, unsteals himself. Every time that she's about to speak, he gets an edge, huh? Well, there are two places, um, that I can think of. Uh, one is the Abbey of St. Markovia. It's pretty far, far away, but it's, it's an abbey that seems, well... The church here is not a very good example, but it's a holy place, which seems all right. Or um, the town of, of Valaki, which is closer, but is more fortified than here and is more importantly far away from Strahd's gaze. Well, Valaki's on the way to the abbey, right? Like, we got to go through there anyways. I suppose, yes, that does make sense. All right, well, let's make that our first stop. We just got to follow the road west and then north and then west a little bit. But it's it's a road, so, you know. Do you have anything to put in order before we leave? Are we? Um, Ismark looks over to where his, his father left um, and looks down to his other father now in the ground um, and clears his throat and says, um, everything here should be fine without me. Um, we should get our provisions. We've been waiting for this day so uh we'll go and get ready and uh we'll meet you out at the outskirts of town in t 10 minutes i think 10 minutes is more than enough time to gather all the provisions we'll need uh but yeah in these 10 minutes you you all head to the the outskirts of town after a little while instead of their like nobility clothes that they were wearing before uh ismark and arena come out in full armor um they've got packs on their back and they seem to be Ready to head. Some road trip music starts up. Thank you for my cue. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> the cobblestone road out of the village leads across the stretch of open land, leading you to a bridge that crosses the ice-blue river that you saw yesterday as you came into the village. Right after that, the cobbles give way to a worn dirt path trodden into the forest. Dark trees loom above you that blot out the cold, muted light of day. Though it's not particularly windy, you can hear it whistle through the trees, making the woods into an ominous song. The longer you walk, the more you feel a chill creep up your spine into the back of your neck. 
An old wooden gallows creaks in a chill wind that blows down from the high ground to the west. A frayed length of rope dances from its beam. The well-worn road splits here, and a signpost opposite the gallows points off in three directions. Barovia Village to the east, Serpool to the northwest, and Ravenloft slash Valaki to the southwest. The northwest fork slants down and disappears into the trees, while the southwest fork clings to an upward slope. Across from the gallows, a low wall, crumbling in places, partially encloses a small plot of graves shrouded in fog. Fang will turn to Ismark and say, what's the, what's this pool? Um, seems like it will be just a faster way to get through. There might be more dangers because it goes through the the forest and off the beaten path a little bit, but uh, otherwise it'll take us a lot longer and there's a lot more natural disasters the other way. It, it's up to to you which you would prefer. Fang, Fang shrugs and says, I, I know the forest. I think uh, I'm good cutting through here. What about what about all of you? I trust you. Sure, I'll, I'll follow your, your lead. Oh, okay. She just <laughs> looks really nervous and starts walking like hesitantly down the path. Hey! And Sari walks over to you and she goes, you got it. And she like, she hands you the scone of scorn. You can do this. Why Why are you giving me this? What did I do? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's on the happy face. I'm trying. You know what? And she takes the scone of scorn back and she gives you, what's your favorite scone? Uh, plain. It hurts her being, but she gives you a plain scone. Oh, Some weedy crunch. You remembered my favorite. Yes, I did. Plain. <laughs> you remembered my favorite flavor. Not. <laughs> none. None of flavor. My favorite scone. No flavor. So you now have, well, one of you has one more scone. One of you has one less. I'm going to add that to my character sheet. One scone comma regular um yeah i'm like yeah i, I we, we I, be, I completely believe in your ability to take us through this forest fang and then i cast mage armor on myself yeah, surreptitiously yep, behind everyone. <laughs> <laughs> as you're leaving camilla oh. as, as you guys are uh taking the uh, the northwest path to sarah pool camilla you hear you turn when you hear like a creaking noise coming from behind you um, it comes from the gallows, uh, where there was nothing there before now hangs a lifeless gray body. The breeze turns the hanged figure slowly so that it fixes its dead eyes upon you, or more accurately, fixes your dead eyes upon no, you. No, fuck that! No, 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 no! What you see is your own body hanging there. No! Um, I, 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 I assume that she is just, like, scared out of her mind uh, and not moving. I'm just staring open-mouthed at this this body. I don't think she's going to be capable of going anywhere. So so we're, we're all seeing this individually and we don't see each other's? Camilla was the only one that actually heard anything and turned okay. to see it. So what you guys see is Camilla just stopped dead in the... <laughs> uh, I tend to look to see what I can see. You see the direction that she's looking to the gallows and sure enough you see a body hanging there but it's just a body. Mm, I don't recognize it. No, you don't. You um, don't seem to recognize who it is. But it's weird. It's still weird that it's there now, huh? Mm. A little bit. I think Camilla is gonna start walking towards the body. I, I think she needs confirmation that this can't possibly be her. Do you know who that is? Uh, you, you, you do too. It's me. What? 
it's uh, the uh, that's that's me hanging off the gal guys I don't understand what it's not it's it's not you you're there I, I right I'm here but I'm also I'm also there what's going on I, t I take irritated steps towards the <laughs> I like plod angrily over towards the uh towards the gallow body you go towards it and it's yeah it was definitely definitely not there before but it looks like the body of someone that you've never seen it's difficult to see features on it it's kind of rotted it smells real bad but you know it's you know for sure it's not camilla i'm is it like like near me like within touching distance or is it like dangling high up above us uh no if you if you go up to it you can you can certainly give it a little beep Okay. You give it a little boop. Guys, guys, help me, help me get her, me, her, let me, help me get it, it, get me down, down, it's gotta come down. The point becomes rapidly moot as once Poncho touches it, it melts. First skin, then muscle, sinew, and then finally the bone crumbles away into nothing, leaving... Oh, no, no, The nothing no, that was no, there before. No, 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 I do not... I do not... like this at all. And I think in the first... the first religious move that you've seen her make this whole game, I think she's gonna sit down and, and like, start to pray. Uh, sorry. Kinda has, hasn't really known what to say this whole time. And uh, she gets on her knees and she doesn't necessarily pray, but she's like there with you. Um, and she looks over to Fang and is like, F Fang? Fang, what the H-E double hockey sticks is that? Because Camilla's praying and she doesn't want to say anything bad. <laughs> um, Ismay, I think specifically, um, I think that Camilla's viewing this as an omen. Like, we're not getting out of this alive. Like, she she's viewing it as that. It's not, I'm going to die. It's, we're not going to get out of this alive. And she's taking it as a, uh, as, like, as a sign. I am, um, I scowl um, seeing Camilla um, praying because of this. Um, yeah, I, I, like, walk up to her and... Listen, it's not, it, it didn't have your face. I don't know what you're seeing, but it's some kind of illusion. Um, and I am going to cast, I whip out, I, I, I guess I have, I, I probably don't have holy water. I'm going to say it's powdered silver. Um, okay. and, um, I crunch it up and, uh, cast, uh, protection from evil and good on Camilla. Uh, Pancho, even if it wasn't me, even if you guys didn't see that, it was very real and I don't know I don't know if we're getting home. No, Camilla, and uh, she doesn't want to overstep her bounds, but she's kind of maneuvering her arms around your shoulders to kind of go in for like a shoulder hug. And uh, she goes, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make it home. You bake, you bake, you go and make a cake. We'll make <laughs> it to the house again. Don't you worry, friend. We bake." We bake, we bake another cake. We make it home again, my friend. 
just hold on to me. And she keeps on singing that with you, and you kind of rock with her. I, I think at this point she's trying to sing along, yeah. as I was just trying to do, but it's not working too well. Um, I, I don't want to be alone, but could you guys give me a second? And we're going to try again. I'm going to try again. And I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get us all home. And she turns to um, turns to uh, Ismark and Irina and she goes, you guys too. We're going to go home. Is there a pile of something where the thing dissolved? No, it seems to have disappeared into nothingness. Even the bones? Even the bones. Damn. <laughs> Damn, I I no, I have a spell that could have maybe helped a little bit, which I never have. <laughs> After giving Camilla a moment to herself, everyone kind of picks up sticks again and starts heading down the same road, a little more disquieting than they last were. Hey there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with your DM is May. Don't know why I felt the need to sing. It benefits no one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It got a bit spooky. It got actually spooky for a hot second. We managed to not do goofs and jokes for like three hot minutes, and it actually turned into something a bit creepy, huh? I uh, hope you're enjoying this episode. It was, oh God, I was really looking forward to this session, and it did not disappoint me in the slightest. First and foremost, I'm going to actually talk about the cool audience interaction thing that I really wanted to do and I think is such a cool, fun idea. So if you want, you can send a fan mail to the cast of Half Damage and they will get it in-game. I've still yet to work out the specifics, but I'll get to that when we actually get some fucking fan mail in, you know? So if you have a favorite character, then let them know about it, I guess. You can write as a character that you've made up on the outside world watching the show, or you can write as yourself from your world watching the show, you know? Just, if you want, do a little fan letter and send it to us at our various social media things, and I will include it in the show. Uh, make sure to include a name that you want included in the message, uh, whether it be your name or it, like a Twitter handle or something. You know, just something that I can, you know, put in and give you a little shout out if you think it would be really, really cool. For places to send those, uh, you can send them to our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash crit chat. You can send us a message there and we'll get it, no problem. Uh, or you can send, you can slide into our DMs over on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat. Uh, if you don't know by now, which I don't know why you wouldn't, the reason that these are our uh, social media handles is because this is an offshoot of Crit Chat. Uh, Crit Chat is our D&D advice podcast that the four of us, well, the five of us, sorry, I was not including myself, that the five of us met on um, before we started doing this. So if you, if you want, go and check us out over there and send us those good fan letters because how fucking good would that be? Sorry that this episode is a little bit shorter than uh, some of the other ones are. It just kind of depends on what we're able to do in the recording sessions. Um, and like, even though this one's a little bit shorter, I think that we got like a lot of good content in it. Um, so yeah, sorry that it's not like an hour long, but it's sometimes going to be like that. Sometimes it's going to be over an hour. Sometimes it's going to be under. We'll, we'll, we'll see as we go. Also, there's a wee bit um, of a musical interlude coming up. Um, and it got me a thinking. Uh, maybe there's people out there that have, like, some, like, really good bands or artists or, like, 
know people that are really good bands or artists that are just starting out that would really like to get their name out there. And if you do, it could be like a simpatico relationship. Um, we've got plenty of opportunity for like real world little advertising opportunities. And so, I don't know, why wouldn't this be one of them? Um, yeah, so if you are in a band or you are a singer or you know of a band and singer, um, that might want to have their, their things included here, we would put them in more than happily in our little musical interludes, uh, include their name and like in this little ad space, give a little shout out to where we can go and find them. And I think that'd be, I don't know, be very, very cool. We're all in a terrible world where we're just working for exposure and I am, uh, my landlord does not agree that that is a valid currency, but it's all I can do so far. Uh, speaking of the fact that I'm poor and this doesn't really make any money, you could help out with that if you go over to our Patreon. Uh, we're on patreon.com forward slash crit chat, all one word. You can donate as little as a dollar a month and that honestly really helps out with like the upkeep of the podcast, if nothing else. Um, and maybe one day would mean that I am not destitute. You know, the dream in life. So yes, go follow us over on our social medias. Uh, give us little shout outs there so that we can other people know who the fuck we are. And yeah, I'll let you guys get on with the episode. Um, we're coming up to one of the coolest mechanics in Curse of Strahd. And if you've played it before, you'll know what it is. Um, I'm so jized. I hope you enjoy, guys. Bye. The road that you're walking on gradually disappears and is replaced by a twisted, muddy path through the trees. Deep ruts in the earth are evidence of the comings and goings of wagons. The canopy of mist and branches suddenly gives way to the black clouds boiling far above. There's a small clearing here, next to a river that widens to form a small lake several hundred feet across. Five colorful round tents, each ten feet in diameter, are pitched outside a ring of four barrel-topped wagons. A much larger tent stands near the shore of the lake, its sagging form lit from within. Near this tent, eight unbridled horses drink from the river. But the largest landmark in this camp is a platform raised two feet off of the ground, brightly colored lights dotted around the rafters that rise above it, illuminating the figures on stage. Three women, tuning various instruments, look over as a man takes to the stage, clearing his throat before addressing the audience of twelve that have gathered around a campfire, as ravens swoop overhead and perch as if in wait. Everyone, please, welcome to the stage, the Sisterhood of Sparks! After a smattering of applause, as soon as the women strike their first note, their instruments, sure enough, set off a shower of sparks, lighting up the stage even more as they play for what looks like an audience of twelve, but you all know is probably an audience of millions. I, I think I'm going to try to watch at least some of the performance and see what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, and... Sari is very excited because she hasn't been able to show off any of her three instruments that she gets as a bard. (laughs) 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 Oh no, that means I don't know what they are and that's bad for us all. I'll reveal the one that she is most excited about, which is a trombone. Oh, piss and shit. (laughs) Sure, okay, well. Of course you have a trombone. (laughs) God damn it. Now, now we just have to deal with the knowledge that you've been carrying about a trombone this whole time, but okay. <laughs> it's uh, such a good visual. It's a shorter trombone um, oh. to fit her height. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, like, the, the band is 
very fucking good. Like, they're a good band um, as they're playing. But I'd like people to give me a quick old wisdom saving throw. Oh, fuck dicks. Just like real oh, Just like fun. a hot, sweet, quick one. <laughs> oh, my God. No, oh, super bad. Oh. 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 oh my god, everyone. What was it again? Uh, I, I 22. Got a... Hey, oh, I, I, I got this one. I got a good old four. Ooh, a whole four. <sighs> I got ten. Uh-huh. I got a, I got a, I got a six. Um, well, Camilla, the, the show is great. <laughs> um, everyone else, though the music is, like, loud... Um, you can hear the sound of tinkling glass wind chimes that turns your head. Um, all of you, well, all of you, aside from Camilla, uh, look towards the largest tent near the lake. And there's some otherworldly force drawing you towards it. It's, it's weird to describe, but since you've come to Barovia, everything has been confusing and you've not had any idea of what to do or where to go or what the fuck is going on but this one place has the sense of knowing something and has a sense that maybe you'll have some direction to go and it feels real good to go to go in not that you have much of a choice about it because you're walking I know you said everyone but Camilla turns their head. Yeah. I think when they all turn that's their head, Camilla is turning her head too. That's also fair. Yeah, that's true. Uh, guys, what are you all looking at? There's nothing. What are you looking at? The three of them have already started walking. Only the most exciting thing. I'm so guys? psyched for this tent. Guys. <laughs> I think I'm just like trotting after them. My trombone's going to sound so great over here. Sars <laughs> 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 so is playing uh, a trombone. That's... Oh god. Oh god. But somehow even that doesn't ruin the mood for <laughs> for Fang and Pacha who are like, oh, look at this dope tank, huh? <laughs> guys, it's a tent. Guys, guys. Let's check out what's in there. Why that? But the show. Okay. So you guys push your way past the tinkling glass wind chimes and through the hanging red fabric that makes up this large tent. Inside, magic flames cast a reddish glow over the interior, revealing a low table covered in a black velvet cloth. Glints of light seem to flash from a crystal ball that lies in the center of the table as a hunched figure peers into its depths. This is an older woman, covered in a dark orange shawl that looks like it's made of flames itself. She, underneath it, you can vaguely see that she has uh, long, dark, curling hair. As she looks up at you, you can see her, like, golden hazel eyes. She takes a moment and smiles before saying, Oh, finally! I thought you'd never get here! (laughs) Today is a voices day. You're so fascinating! I love the key you speak in. <laughs> well, how's about it? Do you want your fortunes told? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. Is that why we're here? Is that why this tent is so cool? Of course it is. I see you, adventurers. Come from small beginnings. You've come here not of your own volition, but 
You've come to your own destiny. Madame Eva sees all. Madame Eva sees the paths that you might take, the people you might meet, and the fates you might share. Branches going this way and that. Let Madame Eva help you discover your destiny, okay? Come on, come on, gather round. These are rarely a one-way transaction, <laughs> especially around these parts. What do you need from us? What do I need from you? Yeah. Do I want your first memory? The first time you were ever happy? Do I want to steal the faces of your parents straight from your head? Oh, and use them for my delicious evil? No, I really don't want much. I'm just here to tell you your fortunes. I've got all I need. Wait, is it Madam Evil or Eva? Eva. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Evil would, that would be, be the show giveaway. Too much. <laughs> okay. So first, I would like everyone to get your the the cards that I got you to get. All the face cards plus two yep. jokers. So in one pile, one pile has all the face cards and two jokers. The other pile has all the rest of the cards. Wait, wait, wait. Do the ace cards count as face cards or no? Uh, the ace cards do not. No. As you gather around, seemingly out of nowhere, Madame Eva pulls out um, a stack of tarot cards that she shuffles, her hands expertly moving around them. You can only see flashes of the fronts of them before they're gone again, shuffled in and amongst themselves. As she does this, the crystal ball in front of her seems to flash and glow with a million little pinpricks of purple light, uh, each one swelling and engulfing before you have the chance to see it properly. All around you, the air seems to hum. Darling, draw a card from the pile and we'll tell you its sweet little future. So, Allie, could we get you to draw a card? Um, I have drawn a four of diamonds. As soon as you pick your card, Camilla, Madame Eva takes it from you and places it face down on the table in front of her and says, This card tells of history. Knowledge of the ancient evil will help you better understand your enemy. The merchant. She says as she flips the card, and you see on it what could have been Mada Eva in another world. An uh, old woman with four coins in her hand reaching out, silken fabrics behind her. After this, you see her eyes cloud over in a deep purple mist. Nothing remains of the eyes as you see the dark purple swirl within as she looks down at the card and you see the orb in front of her flash and glow. As she says in a voice that somehow echoes off the walls of this dampened space. Seek a cask that once contained the finest wine, of which not a drop remains. Who would like to go next? I'm down. Yeah. Uh, five of diamonds. <laughs> five of diamonds. After you select your card, Poncho, she takes it off you again and places it down on the table in front of her and says, This card tells of a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of great hope, and then turns it over. The guild member, she says, as you see on the face of the card, an older dwarf with overalls standing in front of an anvil in which he is hammering five coins. Again, her eyes cloud over purple and the orb in front of her sparks and glows. I see a dark room full of bottles. It is the tomb of a guild member. And then her eyes lighten up again and she 
holds the cards out once more to either Fang or Sorry, who wants to take the next one. Sorry pushes Fang forward and is like, oh, you're so young, you'll enjoy this. <laughs> uh, I draw the Ten of Hearts. Taking your selected card off of you, Fang, she puts it down in front of her and says, This is a card of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight, and then flips it over. The priest, and on the face you see a middle-aged man uh, in a priestly garb with a beard, large glasses, who looks out at you. Once again, the purple in her eyes takes over, and she says, You will find what you seek in the castle, amid the ruins of a place of supplication. When her eyes demist again, she holds it out to Sari. I'm so excited. Sari is beside herself, and she's trying to figure out which card she's going to, like, pick from. The Jack of Diamonds. Sorry, after you've selected your card, she again takes it from you, places it on the table in front of her, face down, and says, This card sheds light on one who will help you greatly in the battle against darkness. The beast, she says, as she flips over the card to reveal a horrifying image. It looks like if you took a werewolf, stripped its skin, and stitched it back together over a skeleton. The purple takes over, and you can see a worry furrow into her brow as she says, A werewolf holds a secret hatred for your enemy. Use her hatred to your advantage. Finally, she says, The last card you will all pick together. And waits for you guys to, like, put all of your hands on the same card in the pile. Whoever wants to draw it can draw it. Uh, Yeah. Do you want to draw it? Okay. Uh, uh, From the normal deck? Uh, Nope, this is from the face deck. The Queen of Diamonds. I just checked mine and that would have been mine too. I think that's very funny. (laughs) That's so good. Okay. After choosing, she draws it out, places it face down in front of her and says, Your enemy is a creature of darkness, whose powers are beyond mortality. This card will lead you to him. And then flips it over. The Tempter. And on the face of the card, you see a woman dressed all in black with a silk fan in front of her face and dark eyes peering over it. As her eyes turn the dark purple for one final time, you can see in the orb in front of her it flicker and darken before flaring up brighter than before. I see a secret place, a vault of temptation hidden behind a woman of great beauty. The evil waits atop his tower of treasure. And then when her eyes demist for the last time, she gives you all a gap-tooth grin, and she sits back in her chair, and, and she says, Well, good luck, heroes. <laughs> the scene fades as we zoom out to see Strahd, sitting on his throne, lazily looking into a dark pool of water in an ornate bowl before him, where we can see the scene with our heroes contained in its depth. He swirls a dark red liquid in a goblet with one hand, while in the other he holds a set of five cards. The merchant, the guild member, the priest, the beast, 
and the tempter. He smiles and takes a drink, relaxing back into his throne. Good luck indeed, adventurers. 